my Keurig broke the other day. Did you just get that? No, I got it uh, about ten years ago. Oh. Yeah. So, I was really upset. So I went to the store and I got one. Here's my problem. I'm not going to buy full price. No. It's always a negotiation. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to go into Target and buy something for $100. Yeah. And they look at me like I'm crazy. you got to lowball them. Every time. When it scans, I say, no, 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 I'm not going to pay that. I'll give you $20. You always have to start really low. Yeah. That's where the negotiation starts. And they offer me the extended warranty. <laughs> Do you ever buy the extended warranty when you buy a Keurig? No. No. Never. No. And because uh, every time I buy it, it's, I feel like they're um, they're pulling a fast one on me. Well, my uncle is also a Keurig mechanic. Really? I mean, not like, you know, he's not licensed by them, but you know right. what I mean. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Like no, a backyard. Yeah, he, he'll work on Keurigs. He yeah, supplements it. as a hobby kind of sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So that I never get the warranty. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Does he refurbish? No, but uh, funny you mention that. Um, my cousin got stiffed on a, a Keurig warranty one time. Really? Yeah, because it turns out it, it, it was it was a refurbished. And they didn't even tell him, did they? No. Um, and so, you know, he thought he was getting this great brand new Keurig, turns out. Mm-hmm. Used parts, you know. Probably made like a hundred carafts of coffee already. Typical. I was going to buy a Keurig on Craigslist. Yeah. But the one I was bu- I was about to buy one, we were about to close the deal, but there's already a leaseholder on it. Someone was still paying it off. Oh, it was one of those take over the lease? Right. I'm, gonna t- oh, I'm yeah. not going to take over your lease. No. And But if you buy it new, it's already going to be devalued as soon as you walk off the lot. Yeah. As soon as you, pour, as soon as you make the first cup... It's already devalued at least fifteen dollars. Yeah, yeah. It's you know what are you gonna do? My cousin, he made uh, he didn't make coffee in his. No. Just crystal light. <laughs> really? Yeah. What a peculiar thing. I always thought so. Was it lemonade? Yeah, pink lemonade. Oh my gosh, that's pretty good. I. I love it. I I grew up on it. He has a really good figure though. I like. He doesn't. I mean, it's obviously that he watches what he eats. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have the guts to put crystal light into my Keurig. I'm not that kind of guy. It also descales the inside of it, too. Oh, really? Yeah. So well, Maybe I should. Well? That's actually why mine broke. I desalinated it. Oh. And uh, the coffee I made ended up tasting like um, I poured a cup of salt into it. Ugh. And, uh... I just can't have that. Yeah, you gotta use crystal light every time. Crystal light. Because then your coffee tastes like delicious crystal light. I mean, you're only selling it. I don't see why right. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I'm not that partial to pink lemonade, though. I prefer fruit punch. That's fine, because it works with any kind of crystal light. Does it really? It's not flavor dependent. Are all crystal light beverages diet? Yeah. So I probably shouldn't use Kool-Aid. With Kool-Aid, you're going to want to throw some Comet in there, bathtub cleaner. Sure. Yeah. But and then it'll work perfect. Do I rinse it out? What do you mean? The Comet. When I pour the Comet in the in the Keurig, do I, how many times do I rinse it out? Or do I just I blow it. it out? Why would you rinse it out? 
That's a good point. Comet does clean you out. Uh, do you have any flavor, favorite flavors of your Keurig? Um, <clears throat> you're a you're a professional barista, baristo. Is it barista or barista? It is actually barista. It's, barista. it's the same, yeah. Okay. Male or female barista. Uh, we uh, never really talk about coffee on this podcast, and here we are in Italy. Yeah. Yeah. It's the capital of, um, uh, what do you call it? Are they known for coffee here? Yeah, I think so. I mean... Didn't we encounter, least... what's the name, Juan Pablo? From... That was when we were in Colombia. Oh, it's Colombia. Okay, yeah. that's right. I'm getting my countries mixed up. Yeah. Or continents. No. Colombia is a country. Yeah. That's right. Italy is a continent. Colombia is a country. Right. Got it. No, I got it. Because uh, it's the boot. One of my favorite flavors of a Keurig is hot water. Mm. They do that really well. Yeah. I buy them out Yeah. whenever I go to Costco. Mm. Buying out all your Keurig waters. Um, anyways. It's blue. My last one was black. Mm. I decided to lighten up my office. I don't think I have a favorite flavor. No? No. Really? I had one in okay. Korea that was really interesting. Oh. It was kimchi. Yeah. Yeah. North Korea is beautiful this time of year. And we always talk about going back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who's that basketball player we'd always go with? Chris Mullen. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Him and uh, the other guy who did, who did the thing with the, with the ball. Hardaway or something. No, Rodman. Mm. Welcome to Dylan and Dutch hey, Mel welcome. Detecting. Uh, we are in St. Peter's Square. Yeah. We're asking everyone around if they speak any Italian. Nobody's answering us in Italian. No. I mean, we're literally going up to people, do you speak Italian? Because we want to practice it. We, uh, why are we here? We are here because uh, last episode, actually a couple episodes ago, we uh, were in a cabin in the Yukon. We found a picture of Yukon. Cornelius, and what looks like some priest, mm-hmm. and so we wanted to go and uh, to the only place to go to, to research priests. Yeah, number one place, the New York Times. We're not going to discuss that. Number two is the Vatican. Yeah, if anybody knows who this guy is, it's it's got to be here, right? And Vatican City is its own country, I believe. Is that right? You know about that? Uh, something crazy like that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's actually in the middle of Italy. A lot of culture here. A lot of Italians. Lots of people wearing black. And there's a lot of priests. So. So, so last night. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Because it was great. I've never had. I've I've never experienced something like this in my entire life. We went to a discotheque, yeah. but it was a special kind of discotheque. Yeah. Tell them about it. It was called Leviticus, and. Basically, it's clergy only. You go in, the music is loud. It's house music. It's loud. Mm-hmm. There are neon lights everywhere. <laughs> People are offering you, um, uh, what are they called? Wafers. Wafers. Yeah. And I didn't take any because no. I was afraid something might be in them. Yeah. Uh, or and, and they weren't blessed. If they were blessed, it'd be uh, blasphemy. Yeah. So these weren't blessed. They were they. There's crackers, right? Yeah. No blasphemy going on. No, no, no. Just no. great dancing, just like 
And and you and I were actually uh, we were on the list. We were. Yeah. One of the bouncers was reading one of the paparazzi newspaper. Paparazzi. It's like a Bulgarian word, right? Yeah, it sounds Bulgarian. So he was reading one of the newspapers, uh, and uh, I, I guess we made headlines uh, after we diverted that plane in Tulsa. Oh yeah. And uh, when we touched down in Rome. The pilots all came out and wanted our autographs mm-hmm. and the stewardesses. You know, you know uh, we could go down a rabbit hole there, but uh, they found out that we were in town, and so they said we need to put them on the list. Yeah. What did you have to drink at this club? The only thing there that there was to drink communion wine, yeah. leftover communion wine, right? Which I think they actually had. Bless yeah. That. Oh, <laughs> I didn't have any of that. Not wine. the wafers. Just oh, the wine. yeah. Um. They were I, just, yeah. I wash my hands, and everybody starts screaming at me because that was holy water. Ah. Yeah. So, while we're there, we're showing this picture to people. Mm-hmm. You talk to that one guy. Yeah. France, Frank um, Jonathan, or whatever his name is. Yeah. He was telling you who we should go to. Yeah. What was his name again? Because I missed that. Because I was the guy that we're meeting. Ham Murd. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, Bishop or was or or Orum or uh, Bishop Orum or Orum 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 Okay. Orum or yeah 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 Orum Bishop Orum Bishop Orum Yeah. It's good. Why? Who is this guy? He he recognized him as as possibly the guy in the picture. Oh, said, really? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. that's he right. He said, no, this, this might be the guy that you're looking yeah, yeah. for. Um, pretty good. If anybody, if anybody. He wasn't 100% sure, but yeah. he said kind of resembles this guy. I mean, that's an old picture. Yeah, here's the problem. The Vatican is full of priests. That's not, well, that's not a problem. The problem is finding this guy. At any given time, there are about 30,000 priests inside Vatican city limits. That's a rule passed down from Vatican II. When they restructured the Vatican Church, there could there should only, there should be at least thirty thousand priests within the city limits, in case of a zombie apocalypse. So naturally, everybody knows we're uh, we're private contractors that teach the Swiss Guard mm-hmm. how to fight. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? The fighting techniques we we teach them. Oh yeah. Um... Like like we said before, you know, I, I was an expert in halberd. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just teach them how to use their own weapons. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, uh, <clears throat> yeah. And I forget what I teach, because that was many episodes ago, and I forget what I said then. I think I just was there to tell you off, because you got really sweaty. Oh. Something like that. It's fun. So, the Swiss Guard, we went to their captain... What's his name? Mabuto Kasako, right? Yeah. Yeah. True nice. Swiss name. Nice guy. Yeah. He told us something. He gave you directions to where we're at right now. Yeah. We're outside uh, the office of the bishop right now. Do you want to describe how ornate this office is? I mean, there's mahogany and oak everywhere. Everything is stained. Yeah. There's gold leaf on everything. Mm-hmm. And part of me thinks if we just sold part of... The inside of this office, we could yeah. probably cure world hunger. I think this this chair is made completely out of abalone. Right. I noticed that when we 
when we walked through the hallway and no one was looking, we carved our names on everything. <laughs> oh, man. Someone's going to find that. Yeah. Well, I mean, one day. Hey, but you know what? That's going to be worth a lot of money, I'm too. sure it will be. Yeah, because it's got our name on it. And that stained glass that you threw a rock through? Yeah. That was really good. Yeah. That was a good shot. I applaud you. I told you. you. I would hit that, that red piece. I doubted you. I don't know why I doubted you. It took me about 15 times, yeah. but eventually I hit it. Yeah. Well... There's nothing wrong with breaking windows. No. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know what they say. You can't make an omelet without breaking some windows. Yeah. Um, so. Should we, we go just, in and meet this guy? Let's knock on this guy's door. Come in. Hello. Uh, uh, let me introduce myself. Wait, wait, Ourselves. wait. Wait. I, are you Dylan and Dutch? Actually. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. You're amazed that I know who you are. No, no, not, not really. really. We yeah. get that a lot. Yeah. Well, I, uh, wow. I mean, uh, I, I know you two for, for many decades. Uh, when I was just a, a parish priest back in the Amazon, I used to use your coloring books to teach scripture to the children. And, of course, around here, the Swiss Guard use your DVD for training. I see them practicing your... Krav Maga techniques yeah. and your Hopper techniques, those videos are always on, but I never thought I'd meet you two in person. What, what are you doing here? Uh, uh, do you want to catch him up on on what's going on? <sighs> sure. Well, please, please sit down. Uh, can I can I offer you some uh, sac- can I offer you some wine or coffee? I have a CBTL coffee maker back here. Actually, do you have any crystal light? Oh, uh, actually, yeah. As a matter of fact, I do. Um, uh, but please use a coaster. This is a mahogany desk. Yes. Could you could you warm that up for me? Uh, I'm afraid not, son. I, I don't have any microwave here. Dutch, you have to realize they've taken an oath of poverty. Uh, we need to sorry. be more culturally appropriate. Here. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Um, actually, hey, uh, actually, son, be, before you begin, I just remembered. Uh, Roberto, Roberto, uh, could, could you could you postpone my lecture on the three tenets of piety? Well, the Cardinals are just going to have to wait. Do you know who I have in here? Please cancel it right away. Thank you. Go on. Roberto seems like a nice guy. Yeah, he does. But it seems like he has a checkered past. Huh. And I like that about him. I bet he boxes. Yeah. Is he a boxer? He's a, he's a troubled and complicated man. But We'll go pick a fight with him later. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we'll see if he's a boxer. You promise? Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, Why don't you catch up the uh, bishop? Yes, please. Yeah, well, it all goes back to... Uh, our first meeting with Yukon Cornelius. Um, Yukon Cornelius time is the world's most famous prospector, if you don't know that. Yeah, we spent some time with him in, uh, in Canada. Uh, he <clears throat> actually saved our lives at one point, and uh, we spent a good amount of time with him in the, in the woods. And uh, he taught us a lot of things, and we had a... Uh, he taught us how to fight. Yeah. And... Uh, Taught us how to survive in the Yukon. Um, and we grew really close to him. And we always considered him a hero of ours. And then we, when we finally got the chance to meet him, it was, it was spectacular. We haven't seen him now for many years. And the last time we saw him, you may not know this about us, it was in the news quite a bit. And we were on all the talk shows. Oprah, the 700 Club, um, Larry King Live. Mm-hmm. We made that guest in on Blue's Clues. Yeah. And what happened was, many years ago, both myself and Dutch were 
trapped, so to speak, in a Nicaraguan cave for about 19 months. While in that cave, we encountered a Balrog, which is, I can only assume it's like a demon giant. While fighting this demon giant, uh, Dutch very brilliantly was hacking away at it. I was doing stuff, you know, to the back, like hitting it in surgical places to try and get it off balance. Uh, it looked, things looked pretty bleak though, and out of nowhere a portal opened up. Yukon Cornelius, ugh, Cornelius came out and helped with the fight and somehow was sucked into this portal with this ball run. Um, it's the last time we've seen him. And a few months ago, we we started to get some very cryptic messages mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from Yukon, which seemed to seem literal, but we wouldn't take it on its face. So we decided to tread lightly. We ended up going to the Yukon Territory, which is obviously what he was named, what was named after was him. We went to a cabin. Um, you seem really familiar with with what I'm saying. Do you know yeah, you're who Yukon Cornelius like is? Yukon, uh, that is a name I've not heard in a long time. Of course, when I knew the man you call Yukon, he went by a different name. He was simply Father Whitehorse. We were... Well, do you want to hear the story, son? It's... So yeah, I don't know we, if it will help you with any, your search. Anything, uh, anything we flew, yeah. Yeah, we flew all the way here from Tulsa. And if you've ever been to Tulsa, you'll know you'll never go back. So I've been yeah, we I, want to hear the story. I've been in many places all over the world. I've I've not been to Tulsa. Don't. Which is in the American state of We don't know. Oh. Okay. Well, I have not been there, but uh Yukon and I we, we go way back. Now, of course, I have heard about your battle with the Balrog, or the creature you call the Balrog. We we have television here, we have internet, we're not the Amish. Sure. So the battle, we all knew about it. Now, it is a scary, scary beast, the Balrog, but you see... Amongst the dark forces, I know they seem chaotic, but there's actually a hierarchy to them. All these beings, these demons, whatever word you use to call them, there's a pecking order. And you see, in the church, we have the Holy See, the Pope, at the very top. And beneath the Pope, we have, we have cardinals and archbishops and bishops and everyday priests and, of course, deacons... Deacons are just people that are leaders in the church. That's I right. Understand. That's right. That is the lowest rank. And the creature you battled in that cave is is like a deacon in our church. Oh my lord. There are far scarier, far more powerful beasts out there. So the Balrog that sucked Yukon into that portal, that was a mere a mere deacon. Do you think Yukon's still alive? I, I, I do feel his presence from time to time. No, wait a minute. How how do you know Yukon? This photo that we have of you that we found at the cabin, it's got to be... It's like 50 what, years old 50, at least. 50, yeah. I was a young man. I have hair in that photo. As you can see, much time has passed since that photo was taken. Yukon and I, we were we were two young men. We were priests in the church. 
His name was Father Whitehorse, as I've told you before. And we made a modest living traveling around Europe, exercising demons, performing exorcisms. We traveled everywhere. Even We even went beyond the Iron Curtain, if you can believe it. Hmm. We were in Bulgaria. We were in Poland. We would get a call. There's a sick child in Andorra who is tormented by demons. That's where they get the rabbits, Andorra. Mm. Go on. Yeah, medicine, medicine cannot help him. And the parents or the local deacon would summon us. And we would perform an exorcism. Now for me, I saw this nothing more than a day job. I would go, exercise the demons, get paid, move on to the next country. It was a very modest living. We were two very poor priests, but that was our calling. Well, you had to eat. We had to eat. We had The church provided shelter. The families would pay us for their services. And uh, yeah, we, 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 we traveled all over Europe that way. Went to some very exotic places. And um, one day we got a call of a very strange, very powerful demonic possession. We met the family, and they introduced us to this very young boy. How old do you think he was? He couldn't have been older than six. But the way he spoke, mm-hmm. in tongues, in languages that no six-year-old should know, Aramaic, Latin, French, it was... Hindi? It was I think there was some ancient Sanskrit in there. Yes, um, he was clearly possessed. It was uh, it was it was one of the most difficult cases we encountered. And uh, when we met the boy, I could tell that something changed in Yukon. It wasn't just another gig for him. He there was something in his eyes. He felt like there was more here than more than your your average exorcism. Mm-hmm. So we we arranged for a time to meet with the with the parents. The parents were going to bring the boy into the church. And so we came into the church and we waited and waited and nobody showed. So we went to the house. The parents weren't there. The villagers told us that the boy ran away and the parents were trying to find him. Eventually they sent the hounds out to look for the boy. Sure. And one of the villagers told us that they saw a boy walking through a field. Okay. We rushed to the field, we saw the boy, he was walking much faster than a six-year-old should, and so we ran after him, we could barely keep up, and we saw that he was headed toward a cave. Was he running or galloping? Like, how was he? It was more of a gliding motion. If you didn't see his feet, you'd think he was on a skateboard. That's crazy. And he was moving very fast. We, 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 we were almost winded when we caught up with him. Basically, you can't even ride a skateboard in a field. You cannot. It no, it's make any too sense. uneven. There's roots. You would trip. Sure. It's just not practical. Not even inline skates. Not even. Not even. Oh my not yes. even. Maybe if you're being pulled by a by a rope. Or a boat. Maybe a, a car. Maybe a car. A nice secondhand car would do it. But this was a very smooth gliding motion. Sure. Too smooth for that Almost field. like he was levitating. It was almost as if he was levitating. There was definitely a force drawing him into that cave. Jeez. And, uh, well... I can tell that you're curious, you want to know where this cave is, where this all happened, but I'm not going to tell you, because I don't want you to follow in the path, in Yukon's path. Because when we entered that cave, we encountered a being that makes the Balrog look like a... This being was like a cardinal in our church, a very powerful being. Not the Pope, but definitely up there. Not something that a mere mortal should mess with. Do you think... In your heart of hearts, 
if we go up against it, that we'll come out alive? I'm no longer a young man. I would, after this encounter, Yukon and I parted ways. You see, I was so frightened by what I saw in that cave. I said, that's it for me, no more exorcism. I'm going to go to the Amazon, I'm going to build a parish and just teach scripture. But Yukon, he was always the brave one. He said he would follow this creature to the ends of the world. And uh, Typical. Uh, whatever happened to that dark cardinal, if I could even say that. You, you can call it whatever you want. I, I, uh, Yukon and I parted ways after that cave. I was too scared, but he told me he was determined to... Was it vanquished? I don't think this creature can ever be vanquished. It just takes on another form. And mm. he said he would find it. He said he would work his way up the hierarchy of demons if he had to. Maybe the Balrog, maybe... Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm getting a phone call. I'll, I'll be back with you in a minute. I have no clue what nationality he's at. He sounds... He sounds Russian. He sounds kind of like a communist. Right. Is that a sin? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. I think it's actually kind of... So if that Balrog was just a deacon, and they fought a cardinal type... I think we're in over our heads, but we've got to get some information from him. Look, Yukon's calling to us. You're right. And we have to trust that whatever this thing is, Yukon wouldn't call us to help him if he didn't think we could handle it. That's a good point. Do you think he'll care if I steal some of these ornate boxes and this very ancient-looking Bible? I already, I already put a bunch of those boxes in my bag. Oh, perfect, yeah. Do um, you think he'll also care if we actually do get into a fistfight with Roberto? No, did you see the look on his face when he talked to Roberto? Yeah. Yeah, it was really, like, condescending. I don't think he likes Roberto at all. Okay, maybe we could get Roberto one day to jump him instead. Yeah, just as, yeah. Just as a bonding experience for those two, because they obviously need to uh, let some... They could use some air shot. Um, just trying to get some information from him. Yeah, we gotta get. We gotta try to get any clue, like as to where Yukon might be. Right. Okay. Could you at least let us know anything Yukon ever talked about while your guys were in seminary, or things he was interested in that might give us a lead as to where any he might be? Lead. Any kind of anything. Lead. You're obviously not going to tell us where this cave is. No. no. Um, are you sure? You, are you sure you want to know this information? This I'm going to. I'm going to tell you right now. Whether you tell us where this cave is or not, we'll find it. But can you at least, at least put us in the right direction? Because I feel like he's our mentor. We swore a solemn oath to find and rescue him. All right. But will you promise me that you'll be careful? Uh, we don't promise anything. Bishop Aram. Uh, we're Dylan and Dutch. We don't need to be careful. I know I know all about your adventures, and I'm just afraid that if I point you in the right direction, the next time I hear about you in the news, it will be 
It will be something awful, and I'll blame myself for, for sending you there. Well, Bishop, it's not like we're going to relocate to Cincinnati or Cleveland. Yes. It's not like we're going to buy some basketball team in Tulsa. Yeah, or Belvedere, Ohio. Probably not. Yeah, well... <clears throat> What's the worst that can happen? All right, well, I'll tell you one thing. Back when we were in seminary, mm-hmm. we talked about a great many places where okay. we wanted to go, places we wanted to see, and there was one place that Yukon kept bringing up over and over again. Really? Because that's funny, we've known Yukon for a long time, and we're like on our last leg right now. We have no clue where he might be. The place he spoke of, the place that drew him more than any other location yeah. on earth is called the Valley of the Kings.